We are back for another show. So I want to wish you a very, very happy Saturday. I want to welcome you to the Coffee with Rhonda show, where we are coaches, leaders, entrepreneurs, and we discuss the ups and downs of creating a successful career, life, and business. This is season two, episode 10. I can hardly believe we are at episode 10 already. And today's conversation is about winning relationships. And how do you create relationships that work? So we're going to get into that. And I want to talk relationships on both the professional and the personal side. But before we get started, you all know what we do. We do a little bit of housekeeping uh, before we introduce the rest of our um, co-hosts and our guests. Uh, I want you to be sure if you're out there and you're watching, be sure whether you're watching live or on the replay. Um, I want to know where you're watching from. And we want to be sure that you share with us what's in your cup. I also have a big, big favor to ask right now. We would be so appreciative if you would like and share the video. Share it. This conversation is going to get good and juicy, and we know someone else out there will want to hear it too. Don't forget, you are a part of this show. So we bring your comments in. We bring your questions in. So if you have a question on relationships or you have a something that you do to make sure that you have really healthy, productive relationships, be sure to share that with us and we'll share that with our viewers as well. And then finally, we want to uh, ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we are growing slowly, but surely it's like climbing up the hill, climbing up the mountain, but we're on our way. So, and we'll post a link to our YouTube channel in the comments. So, all right, enough of that stuff. So let's get into it. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I am your host for the show. I'm an emotional intelligence strategist and leadership coach. And what I do is I help leaders shift from overwhelmed to overjoyed, from feeling stuck to getting unstuck so that they can really create those consistent positive results in their life. Um, again, both professional life and business life, because I believe as a leader, the two are not separate. They are um, intermingled. And so uh, that's who I am and that's what I do. So today um, I have decided that I was feeling a little bit peachy. So I have um, peach tea with a hint of ginger in my Atlanta cup. And it is so perfect because in the green room, we were talking about the fact that Vaughn is from Atlanta, too. So look at how the universal forces are all aligned there. We were just all vibing on the same page. So that's what's in my cup this morning. And then um, we are going to go around and I'm going to introduce our guest last today so that he can tell us all about who he is and where he's from, what he does. And then he's going to share with us what's in his cup. So let's start with you, Murray. Good evening to you out there in the down. <laughs> oh yeah good good morning to you and uh, it's my pleasure to be here again my name is Mireille Mireille Tulekima you probably know me as the greatness engineer I'm a global consultant and entrepreneur in the oil and gas industry but I'm also a coach and the founder of the Mireille Tulekima global leadership organization where we make sure people take control of their result, their success, and become the best that they can be. So that's me, and looking forward to a nice conversation today. Wonderful, wonderful. Emma do you have a cup? I know it's almost bedtime for you, but... It's almost bedtime, but I have a cup, and I'm drinking uh, lemon and ginger tea. Founder of the Mireille Tulekima global leadership organization, where we make sure people take control of their results, so let me just pause for a second here and just be sure there's not something crazy happening on my side because it certainly wouldn't be the first time. 
<laughs> so, uh, um, so let me now go to uh, Miss Ross. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you? And tell us who you are and what you got in your cup. You're on mute, Ross. You're on mute. Yeah. There we go. All right, all right. Uh, once again, I'm bringing you great sunshine from the state of Florida. I'm in Jacksonville. For those of you who are not familiar with me, I'm Roz Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your loved one, sitter, homemaker, companion, home health aid, and certified nursing assistance. When you can't do it all, you give us a give call. Us yeah. Call. And give us a call. <laughs> I'm calling kind of following Marie. I have ginger, uh, honey, and lemon um, also in my cup. So it's it's two for two here. Yo, good. <laughs> wow, very cool. I forgot to mention that I actually put a sprinkle of ginger in my peach tea also. So we are three for three with the ginger working, ladies. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna go to our guest for today, Mr. Vaughn, we wanna welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us who you are, what you do, and then tell us what's in your cup. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, as you said, I'm Vaughn Jackson. I'm uh, I'm a relationship strategist. My wife uh, affectionately calls me the love alchemist. Uh, <laughs> and essentially what I do is I help married and unmarried couples find their own unique path toward harmony. Uh, but I also help singles discover their own unique um, simplest versus most challenging compatibility compatibility matches. And so it's really a, a well-rounded approach to helping as many people as I can, really. In, wow. Healthier relationships. And what's in my cup is yerba mate. This is, Ooh. it's, um, what is it called? Roasted yerba mate. It's a, it's a substitute for coffee. I suppose be a healthier way to offer yourself a pick me up. Okay, all right, awesome. My grandparents. I was gonna say, I noticed your cup said grandparent there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I am looking forward to the conversation, and I love how you um, describe that, Vaughn, and your unique path to harmony. Mm. And and. As we, it's a great place for us to start um, the conversation on relationships. And, you know, as I was getting prepared for this week's show, I found myself thinking, you know, what is even a relationship? We, it's a word that we toss around um, all the time, but what does it mean uh, to be in a relationship? And, you know, then there are different types of relationships. And so what I like to do is I like to go to, um, you know, sort of the the di dictionary, right? And let's say, um, what does the dictionary say about um, a relationship? So when I type in a relationship uh, into Webster's, the definition that comes up is the state of being related or interrelated, or it could be um, the connecting or binding of participants. Uh, and then finally, it talks about a state of affairs existing between those having relations or dealings. So that's how they describe relationships. The state of being related or interrelated or connecting are the two that really resonate most with me. So when I think about relationships and I want to start our show with defining how do you view a relationship um, in sort of in terms of what it means to you, because if I go to the grocery store 
and I'm just picking up something and I'm at the checkout counter. Is that a relationship? If I am um, at work and I am with a colleague or a peer and I see them on a regular basis, is that a relationship? Um, and then so how do we define a relationship? Right. So I want to start there and just sort of go around and say to all of you, what is a relationship? Even we, we've got the official definition, uh, but what does it mean to be in a relationship and what does that mean to you? So Stephanie's out there. Good morning, Steph. Uh, she is so she's our faithful person out there who's always sharing. Don't forget to tell us what you got in your cup this morning, Stephanie. So um, Vaughn, let's start with you. In your way, we know what the definite what the dictionary says, but what is a relationship? You know, really, I think as much as anything, it's an expression of how we are interacting with everyone and everything that we come in contact with. And so it, it really like uh, there's a an Indian philosopher, his name is Jay Krishnamurti. He says a relationship is a mirror. And so all of these different interactions that we have, they they really emanate from the relationship that we have with ourselves and then we interact accordingly and so if you have an unhealthy relationship with yourself if you have unpad i mean uh, unhealed past hurts and traumas and pain if, if you have an, an unhealthy relationship with yourself it's impossible to have a healthy relationship with anyone else wow Boy, that opened up a whole another. <laughs> that opened up a whole another lane. Very for deep. Showdown, <laughs> right there. That's it. You can shut the show down. I know. Right? <laughs> Boom! Drop the mic. Right. That. That's all it is. But okay. So it's a mirror. So I'm going to come to you now, Rod. So picking up on that, in terms of how Vaughn described the relationship as being a mirror, that sort of reflection of your relationship with yourself. How do you view um, relationships? Uh, so far as a business relationship, you a lot of times in a business relationship, you connect to a person and in some instances because there is a gap in something that you're doing. So you need that person to be in relationship with you to help you in that area where you eat. So there could be a gap for the reason why you're connected, but then there also could be a similarity mm -hmm. uh, for the reason that you connect so far as in business. Now, so far as personal, I have to chime in on what on what uh, the guru just said, Mr. Vaughn, uh, you know, that we it, it mirrors. And if that person, again, is not satisfied with themselves, you, you know, there's no way to be in a fruitful relationship. It will be, you know, a relationship. It will be a struggle. It won't have joy. It won't be, you know, successful you know, you will not move forward if you're in a relationship with someone that has all of that. So that's my quick definition. I didn't want to ruin his, uh, <laughs> his definition at all. And I am done. I can shut the camera off. I know that's right. Well, Stephanie's out there. She says she's got cold water in her cup, which is awesome. And uh, she says preach, but she also says a good relationship starts with self. And so she's picking up on the conversation. She's um, as, oh gosh, I forget his name, um, but he's one of the, uh, Myron, Myron Golden likes to say, are you picking up what I'm putting down? It seems like Stephanie is definitely picking up what we're putting down. So uh, Marae, what about for you? What What is a relationship? Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I agree with Vaughn. I agree with Rose. I think there's two aspects to a relationship. There's self, which is, you know, the mirror that Vaughn was talking about. But there's also the gap, 
that you have in your life or in everything that you relate to. And that's what you're looking into a relationship. For example, if you don't have love in your life, you're looking for somebody who's going to love you. Or if you don't have, I don't know, if, if it's at the material level, you're looking for somebody who's going to complement the fact that you don't have it. So it starts with you, yes, but there's also a gap that you, you, you're trying to fill to be complete, basically. And so there's, there's really two aspects, the, the personal aspect, which is internal, and then the, you know, the, the out, uh, outside aspect, mm -hmm. which is looking for complementing what you don't have. And that's the way I see those, uh, the, the relationship in a, in a way, in a professional, you know, environment, but also on your personal, you know, in your personal life. Wow. So, so I love how all of you describe the, what a relationship is just a little bit differently, right? Um, because it means something a little bit different to all of us. The thing about relationships that I struggle with is sometimes it feels like it's so hard. <laughs> it feels like it's so hard, right? Why is it so hard, you guys? Why is a relationship so hard? And, and, and whether you're talking about personal in terms of an intimate type of relationship, um, I coach um, people who are having real struggles with their um, parental relationships or their, you know, sort of siblings. And then in the professional setting, oh my gosh, constantly there are colleagues and coworkers who don't want any part of a relationship and will tell you, I don't have a relationship with this person. They are simply here and I'm here. They do their thing. I do my thing, but we don't have a relationship. So if your definitions all sound so harmonious and simple, so why is it so hard? Vaughn, why is it so hard? Oh, I'm speaking on because I heard. Oh, <laughs> hold on, Ross. is raising her hand. That means we got to sort of shift gears a little bit, Ross. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we can let the guest go first if yeah, he wants no, to go. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Okay. I wanted to, you know, respect order, but for me, when a relationship becomes hard, is when one of you are growing, and so if if a person is growing and the other one is not going to, you know, you know, keep up with you, that's where there's a gap right here. There's a gap because, okay, I'm growing, but you're still in the same place. When, when, when your relationship, you know, when you are growing in relationship, then you have to shift just like when a new company rule takes place, you have to, you have to obey the rules of the company. So you have to make a change whether you like it or not. In any relationship, a marriage or in a business relationship, no one is going to stay the same. The same. Wow. Never. No one. Okay. I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. I looked at a picture 10 years ago. I was in this fly dress. Oh, I was looking good and sexy. <laughs> but I don't look like that anymore because I've changed. <laughs> Well, you're still flying sexy now. <laughs> right, right. But you know, I just have a little bit of a land expansion, you know. So land all, expansion. All, I'm, <laughs> all I'm saying is that I have changed. I have changed. So with that change, that means I've had to buy maybe bigger clothes, you know. And if I want that change to, you know, to to do, I I have to change. I have to change. So if I'm going to be in relationships with someone, I have to when they change, I can't stay where I was. 
When they move, I have to move. Write the vision, make it plain. If I'm going to stick with your vision, I got to move when you move. I have to change when you change. When you know when rules are implemented, I got to change with the rules, either in business or in professional. If I decide that I don't want to eat green eggs and ham, then, okay, I respect that you don't want to eat green eggs and ham, and I won't cook green eggs and ham. Why would I cook it and you don't want to eat it? So a lot of times there's challenges in any relationship is because of growth. And wow. we can in individually, internally and externally, we can accept, accept the change because we have gotten so comfortable mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we are. Wow. So, Roz, wow. So we got two themes that I we like got to I'm going to come to you now because she's talking about a couple of things. She's talking about relationships stalling because of growth. Right. Because one person that may be in the growth, you know, when you hit that teenage years, you hit that growth spurt. Right. And you sort of just shoot up there. Mm-hmm. So it could be growth, but then it could also be a comfort thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes relationships get hard and they seem because you are comfortable where you are and maybe you don't want to move. So pick on the pick up on those two for us and talk to us a little bit about why why these relationships um, seem so hard and. Uh, she's uh, re- Stephanie also says relationships are hard when we expect the other person to be our everything. Mm-hmm. Put too much pressure on each other to perform. So with yeah. all of that goodness, Bob, we're coming to you. Why are relationships hard? This is so, so layered. And mm-hmm. isn't it something how some couples seem to just be winning, where as other couples seem to have so much of a, a struggle, so many challenges, like you say, it's, it's hard work. And, and one of the things that, that I like to say is that relationships are not hard work, it's hard work. And mm-hmm. so, and this is why the, I, I'm not a minister and I don't profess to be, but I, one of the scriptures that I love the most is be not unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. Now that scripture is talking about believers with non-believers, but I think it also applies greatly in relationships. And so oftentimes what we find is couples who are, are, are struggling the most were the most incompatible at the onset. Mm-hmm. And so um, and, and, and that, that was the case in my relationship. Earlier in our years, my wife and I struggled tremendously. She was ready. She was much more mature, much more goal oriented and focused on um, her desired outcome. And, and I just wasn't. I wasn't there yet. We got married right out of high school. Um, we met when we were 12 years old on the playground, fairy tale story, right? And then right after high school, we got married and we've been married now for 30 years. And it took a while for me to catch up to where she was. But here's the thing. We, we're all going to grow, but the challenge is to grow together. Mm-hmm. And, and the more equally yoked we are in that regard, the the simpler the path toward harmony is in that relationship and conversely the more unequally yoked like in my own case um, the, the greater the challenges um and there was a quote that i read recently uh actually i read it a while ago but it says you know we 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 have the tendency to give ourselves all the time and grace we need to evolve while expecting the other person to be a finished product right now Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's wow. Deep. That's deep. That's yeah, deep. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. Because, so Marae, as I come to you to talk about why relationships are hard, I think we, we're building this case for why they seem and feel so hard. So Roz added for us the fact that it might be a growth thing 
you could be in your comfort zone. Um, and then as Vaughn just added, he's he brought in the aspect of expectations. Mm-hmm. And 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 is that one of the reasons why relationships are so hard? Yeah, I think that's that that's one aspect because you know, as you know, I mean relationships are, are all about communication. So you need to lay, you know, the rules of communication. I mean, you don't have to be to, to be really, you know, blunt about it, but there's they need to have a communication, a line of communication and understanding, you know, going through this journey because you can't just, you know, get together, connect and then expect that things are going to work just, you know, fine. It's a, it's a lot of work that you have to, you know, you have to do. And it starts with you first, you know, understand what you really want, you know, from this relationship and be able to explain to the person with whom you are in the relationship what you really want so that you can connect and then go together where, you know, have a goal and a purpose for your relationship. And I think sometimes we don't set all of this. We don't have any purpose, any mission for our relationship. And we just, you know, leave it to chance. And that's when it becomes very difficult because we start to discover along the way sometimes that that's not what we wanted from the relationship, but we didn't set any anything. We didn't define mm-hmm. what the relationship was all about. We didn't really, you know, put any expectation. We, did, we didn't communicate. We just, you know, built everything on passion. And, uh, and you know, this passion uh, with, with time start to really, you know, uh, become less and, and less intense and you need to understand that you know you have to go back to the drawing board talk about what you expect and go together because you know what what we we, we see sometimes is that you have individuality coming together and we still continue to function as individuality yes we are together but we basically not going in the same direction so it's important to have you know, this line of communication working, but also make sure that, you know, we understand where we are going in our relationship and what's the purpose and the mission that what we want from this relationship. I I love that. So we've got some comments out there. So Desiree loved what you said. She said it's not hard work, but it's heart work. And I think Mm -hmm. that is that's so critical for us to understand um, the fact that, you know, it is a it is a perception thing. It is how we view um, this work that we do for relationships. And I like to Mm -hmm. consider it an investment. Right. Mm -hmm. Anything worth having requires an investment. It may be an investment of your time, your energy. Um, And then we also have Stephanie. So Vaughn, I'm going to come back to you because Stephanie said she loved what you said about the finished product and she wants you to say it again. (laughs) So so Vaughn, tell us about being this finished product. Yeah, it it really speaks to the, um, what you said about expectations and and the pressure that we put on one another because of those expectations. Uh, But the quote says, we have a tendency to give ourselves all the time and grace we need to evolve while expecting the other person to be a finished product right now. And so just just to um, add to that, um, we, you know, without making, you know, this doesn't have to be such a highly technical conversation. The reality is that there are a lot of couples out here that are, are winning in their relationships, but they're not necessarily winning because they do extraordinary things. 
they're winning because they do ordinary things more consistently than other couples. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these ordinary things might be something as simple as spending time together purposely, um, holding hands and just being purposeful in their togetherness. I mean, there, there's so many things, and this is layered. I, I can get back into this when we start talking about some of the points that you want to go over, but um, mm-hmm. it really is really much less complicated than than what we tend to. I mean, we have all these relationship experts out here and everybody's giving all this worldly advice about what we can do. You know, you go here and go nine degrees this way and 37 degrees that way and your relationship will be perfect. And it's, it's really much simpler than that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it goes back to what they always say about the little things, Moray. It is. And I I wanted to add to that is that, you know, we expect something perfect. But I mean, the relationship are not perfect. We have to accept that, you know, there's going to be imperfection and work with those imperfections and not be too, you know, rigid about it, because otherwise we're just going to lose ourselves and uh, and put so much pressure in the relationship. We have to accept that, you know, going into those relationships, yes, we can establish all the all that I was talking about, have a mission and things like that, but there's gonna be, you know, difficult time and challenging time. And we have to look at them as opportunity to to do better, to know our, to know ourselves better as a couple and, and move forward. So I I I wanna talk about how do we set expectations and set goals for the relationship. So I'll start with the professional and then you all can take it whether you want to comment on personal or professional um, and that's okay. So for me in a professional relationship, it's critical because as a leader, when you go in, if you're leading or managing a team, it is critical that you understand the relationship that you have with your team. You need to be clear about what you want out of this relationship, what kind of leader you want to be, Um, what you expect of your team, how you all expect to communicate and treat each other, all of those go into forming that foundation and um, defining how that relationship will proceed forward. So it's not just that I'm the leader or I'm the boss and I get to say and they get to do, right? Great leaders do exactly what you said, Marae. They take the time to think about what they want. They think about what their team needs They think about how they can best support and assist in that. And that paves the way for setting up that healthy, productive relationship. You know, there's that old saying that money makes the world go round. But in fact, we know that relationships make the world go round. Because frankly, without relationships, there is no money. Right. You have a relationship with everyone and that will drive your money. So um, Stephanie said that's powerful. Thank you for revisiting that, Vaughn. Um, and then we have Dr. Hardwall. I'm not going to pronounce it because I don't want to. I hate to yeah, mess up. Dan, Dan Pat, Dan Pat, Dr. Dan Pat, yeah. Dr. Dan Pat. Um, and he said, right. Um, so, from a leadership perspective, you always need to understand and be defining and evolving that relationship. Um, and so, that's from that perspective. So, how do you go about defining goals and setting expectations? so that you can have this healthy, productive relationship on the other side. Roz, I'll start with you. Oh, she might've frozen. Yeah, she's- Okay, so uh, Roz, are you there? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, wonderful. So how do you, I'm going to come to you first. How do you define and set those expectations so that you can set up, set yourself up for a healthy, uh, positive relationship? And we've, we've talked about this before in, in some other shows. And, and I said that one of the things I know for me in my personal relationship is that I don't open doors to the building and I don't open doors to the car. That's, that's, that's the way my father treated me. That's the way my grandfather treated me. And that's the way they said a man is supposed to, you know, and when also too, when you walk down the street, a man is supposed to walk to the outside and you walk to the inside. You know, they gave me some of my foundation for my expectations and some of the boundaries that I set when I'm in a relationship, but they didn't give it to me. They didn't give me everything that I needed. Those are just small things. But, you know, as life went on, then I realized that, okay, there's some other things, you know, that, you know, I don't like in a relationship or that I expect. So, you know, those are some of the things you have to sit down at the table at the giddy up and say, okay, these, you know, these are some of my foundational things that I like and I don't like. However, as time, you know, goes on, this person may be able to teach me or to show me maybe I can manage, you know, opening the door on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't, <laughs> but it is possible, right? You, you I'll think of if, if you believe if it's yes. shut and there's nobody, you have to you have to open it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but you know, but you know, a lot of times when you get into the relationship, you know, those boundaries, you set, sometimes I think we set those things up out of fear, out of protection from being hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and and so a lot of times I, I know for me, and I'm just talking for personal self, I set those things up to protect me because of sometimes because of past relationships of what happened. And I sh- and it's wrong because I shouldn't judge this person based on something else. But until I get to know that person a little better, I guess, you know, those boundaries are up. And then as you get to know them, then 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 those walls come down and some of those boundaries get solved. You know, we can move the goalposts to achieve different goals. So mm-hmm. it, it it just depends. It just depends. You know, um, you know, a lot of times they say we bring in baggage from other relationships, and we do, and we do. But we shouldn't let that baggage, you know, stop us from getting in a relationship or knowing that person. But the basic thing is, yeah, something. Some, some goals will have to be set. Some goals will be, you know, some some walls and some barriers will be torn down as the relationship grows. So, you know, I, I do have some, but then, you know, I do have some that, you know, I will soft, you know, I'll get a little softer, I get a little, you know, more cuddlier, a little more lovable. Push on to Mr. Vaughn, let Mr. Vaughn take it over. It's <laughs> interesting, Roz, because you mentioned baggage and how we sometimes bring in baggage from other relationships. And I like to think that yeah, that baggage was not necessarily a bad thing because it, it contributed to your growth and your understanding of what works yes. for you and what doesn't. I like to think that the baggage helped me learn how to pack, but I'm empty out the suitcase now so I can pack some new things in there, right? So I'm going to take some of the skills and some of the things that I learned and we are going to move forward with that. So we've got a couple of comments out there um, before we move on. So We've got uh, Glenn out there who says to say that, Roz. 
and he's giving you some fist bumps. <laughs> 100 and then hashtag we all need some help. <laughs> he's cracking up out there. And then David's out there. Hey, David, thanks for tuning in. David says luggage. Luggage, not baggage, right? We need to have luggage and not baggage. So those are all great. So as we come to you, Vaughn, how do you set expectations in these relationships that, you know, you expect to have a healthy, productive, successful outcome? How do you set those expectations? I think um, as much as anything, the expectations don't have to be perfect. They just need to be aligned. And so as, as long as we have a similar desired outcome, and this is the same in, in any environment that you might have a relationship, whether you're an employer uh, looking to hire an employee, if you need him to be there at eight o'clock sharp and he's determined to show up every day at 830, then our ideals don't align. And, and the same, really the same. And I know that's probably an oversimplification of, of what it is to be in a relationship, an intimate relationship. But I think conceptually, it's it's close enough to say that um, upon you know sitting down and just discussing what our expectations are, what our ideals are, what our desired outcomes and goals are, if if they don't align, then we're in the wrong relationship. The problem happens when we begin to compromise mm -hmm. those ideals, those those not those previously thought of as non-negotiables. Now, because he's cute, or because she's cute, or because mm -hmm. they make enough enough money. Now we're willing to be a little bit more mm -hmm. flexible, you know, on, on these these non-negotiables, right? Wow. But to Raj's point about baggage, you know, baggage is and and yours, Rhonda, you said baggage can be useful, it can be helpful. It can only be helpful if you unpack it, if right. you learn from what was in it. Otherwise, it's just weighing you down, it's just slowing you down. And ultimately, if you don't heal, right. hurt you. Listen to this. If you, if you don't heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. Oh, I like it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is really interesting wow. because you know what? I, I, I find, Vaughn, that this is so um, prevalent in the work mm -hmm. setting. I mean, I know that in our lives, in our intimate settings, but in the work settings, people show up with baggage. Mm -hmm. They have all of this baggage about what happened to them before and what their last leader did or said to them and how that last time you rolled out that program, you all didn't get my feedback and input. And so now I'm being a roadblock or I'm, I'm being a pot stirrer and all of these things. And I think the way to mitigate that is to sit down at the beginning, as you said, and be clear about the goals. And for every mm -hmm. leader out there, especially if you are a new leader, sit down with your team. Be open and transparent about the goals of this relationship. I want to be the very best leader that I can for you. In order for me to do that, here's some expectations that I have, right? And sharing those and saying, don't forget to ask questions. What do mm -hmm. they expect of you? This is not a one-way conversation. In order to be a healthy, um, uh, build a healthy team, your team has to feel like this is a collaborative effort and not that just that they are doing something because you are the boss and you tell them it has to be done. So Glenn says, and I'm going to come to you, Roz, and then I'll come to you, Mariah. One setting goals. Glenn says, love this, guys. Keep showing up. Thank you so much, Glenn. We appreciate the feedback. Uh, 
Mariska says, hello, hello, greetings from Amsterdam. Hello, greetings to you. Thank you so much. Hi, for hi Mariska. And then Stephanie goes back to the relationship we have with ourselves. When we value ourselves, we communicate our needs. So, mm -hmm. um, so Marae, talk to us about setting those goals and how do we manage all of this stuff that we're dealing mm -hmm. with in our own heads as we try to form a union, whether that is professional or personal. And, and I love what Stephanie just said, because, you know, it starts with understanding who we are, because, you know, mm -hmm. we need to know who we are before we can actually interact with other people and lead them. So that's mm -hmm. the first step, understand who you are, what you really want, and, uh, you know, how you view this environment, and then you reach out to people that you, you, you want to lead and understand as well what they are looking for and who they are so that you know you know exactly how you're going to complement each other how you're going to work together and uh, how you're going to have an impact a positive impact in the in this environment either personal or professional and and i think that's that's key understand who you are understand who you are working with and the values that people that you know surround you have you know so that you know okay i can work with them or I cannot work to them or I at least understand how to communicate to them, how to relate to them, because otherwise it's very difficult. You, you'll do things randomly and uh, and so, and most of the time it doesn't it, it doesn't actually lead to anything constructive. And so that's that's important to reach out and to be transparent, like you said, you know, be very transparent about who you are and what you expect and set, you know, I always bring this, this thing, set those rules of engagement that you want to have in your team as a leader so that, you know, you facilitate uh, this, uh, this, uh, what's happening in the relationship. Wow. You know, I want to say this real quick, I'm going to chime in also too with with Stephanie and 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 and, and Marae, mm -hmm. we don't understand ourselves. We lower our expectations to meet the other person's needs. Mm -hmm. When we don't value ourselves, when we don't understand, so we got to stop. You know, if we have set a standard and and this person's standard is here, we don't come down here. They have to come up here. Mm -hmm. They got to come up because if not, then we're enabling them. We're enabling them to stay where they are. They're going to stay there. So we can we cannot continue to for us in relation for me. And, and I had to find this out the hard way. Mm -hmm. I was lowering my standards, even even in the business. You know, I used to keep employees on because, I, you know, I was scared to let them go. And not anymore, honey. I fire fast and hire slow. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. But, but I'm just saying, we all have been guilty of that. We all have said, well, well, they don't know any better. You're lowering your expectation. Well, give them another chance. Well, let's give them another chance. Let's give them another chance. Okay, so now there's a gap in there. There's a big problem that's still not solved. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and so, oh my gosh, there is so much here. I feel like we need a part two for this show because we're not going to get through everything uh, because you guys are bringing up such really great points. So the first thing I want to say, and this tags on to what Marae is saying, as you set those goals and you set the standards and you define that for yourself and the team, you then have to follow through and be accountable, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot set goals, set standards, 
decide and define with the team how it's going to be and then not be that and then not role mm -hmm. model and then not as you're saying Roz hold people accountable for meeting that standard so mm -hmm. as you find that folks are not meeting that standard leaders then you've got to go back and you've got to have the conversation and here's what I think the really important conversation is it is determining desire to meet that standard on the part of the other person mm -hmm. ability maybe you have set a standard and this person has no ability to meet yeah. it as a leader, that's when you fire fast right if, if you are requiring something that they are not capable of doing mm -hmm. then you know what cut your losses and move on if you mm -hmm. are talking with that other person and this goes back again to personal or professional and there is a desire there is a willingness to mm -hmm. learn to mm -hmm. grow, to understand, to compromise. If that is there, then you work with that person. You help them, you support them, you train them, you coach them. But again, if they don't have the desire or they don't have the ability to do what you're asking, it's time to cut bait and move on. So I'm gonna take a quick commercial break. And then as I do that, I want my panel to begin thinking about our transition topic. Coming out of the break, I wanna talk about how do you do a reboot? because every one of us have a relationship in our life that is not going as planned, right? It is not going well. That person, you would rather not talk to them. You would rather not see them. You don't even know why they're on the face of the earth. I mean, let's just keep real, right? And so how do we reboot that and get it back on track if that's the goal? So um, in the meantime, you guys think about that. We'll talk about it coming out of this little mini commercial break. If you're just tuning in, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show, and we are having an amazing conversation about relationships, so stay tuned. Um, if you're out there watching, if you have not already, please like the video, share the video. Uh, we really do appreciate your support. Um, if, you're, if you haven't already, or as we have the conversation, comment because we want to hear what you have to think. We're sort of facilitating the conversation, but your thoughts matter and it really helps to drive our conversation as well. Now, if you're out there and you feeling like you, you want to show a little bit of love and you want to represent, you can do what I do, which is get your coffee with Rhonda t-shirt. You really can't see it too good on, but get you some show some love out there. You can go to coffeewithrondastore.com and we do ship internationally. So that's not an issue because we have an amazing international audience out there you know we should do a little contest guys about folks that start sending us pictures and their coffee with Rhonda gear and doing oh, some really great yeah I did some gifts and things like that for them so that's enough for the commercial break we appreciate all of you out there thank you guys that have liked to share the video so far let's get back to our conversation about how do you do a relationship reboot there's somebody out there that has already you're already off track you already, when you see them coming, you want to walk the other way. You're hoping they don't say anything to you. You go to get coffee, they come up. You're like, oh no, here they come. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do with that? And and um, and Vaughn, I'm going to come to you first on this. How do we do a relationship reboot? And then we'll go to Marae and we'll come to you last on this, Roz. Vaughn, how do you do a reboot? I think I think it has to first be determined if the relationship is even salvageable, it's worth, yeah. it, even worth maintaining, right? And so, if it's one that you, you're talking about a reboot, so then we're assuming that this is one that we're looking to rebuild, reestablish something, mm -hmm. as just going the other way when we see them at the coffee pot. <laughs> and, and so, 
um, in, in an effort to reboot, to reboot, rebuild, there has to be a, a relaying of, of, of a foundational trust, mm. right? And, and it's, it's this thing where, it's this idea where when you make a commitment, you create hope. But when mm. you keep a commitment, you create trust. Mm. And, and so I, I think just foundationally, speaking foundationally, there has to be an effort to rebuild that core, that that trust, because no relationship really, uh, I, I don't, it, it's, it's very limited in how far it can go and what you can accomplish if there isn't at least some degree of trust that we can launch from. Wow, I love that. And so I think, and I always go back to this because mostly I coach professionals, right? And so in these conversations, sometimes I feel like there's a sense of hopelessness. I got on the wrong track with my team. You know, my me and my, my, my manager, my supervisor, we do not get along at all. We don't communicate well. So there's this tendency to want to just chop off that arm, right? <laughs> that, that, that arm that's got the problem. You just want to chop it off. But what I hear you saying, um, Vaughn, is that you can do a re boot if you determine that that relationship number one is salvageable um and then you can do that by building resetting some hope and rebuilding trust imagine a leader really struggling with their team and calling a team meeting and saying guys this has not been going well i'm going to step up and say i want to own my part in it right and here's where i would love for us to go in the future and where do you guys want to go? Where do you want to get this sort of this train headed in this direction and the magic that can come out of that? Look, I'm all excited. The magic that can come out of that, your ability to transform your team by reestablishing hope and rebuilding trust. Vaughn? I'm reminded of a, a statement that um, I think it was Thomas Jefferson. One of the problems that we have, especially when we're in positions of leadership, we uh, and not even just that, but there are a lot of us who are consumed with with arrogance and haughtiness and and just ego tends to drive mm -hmm. many of our actions and therefore impact the relationship. Ego stands for edging God out. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we can humble ourselves, think about this. if we can humble ourselves, I don't care what relationship we're in, but if we can humble ourselves and admit when we're wrong and assume responsibility take responsibility for when we're wrong. Thomas Jefferson said, if you have to eat crow, eat it while it's young and while it's, and, and it's tender. If you have to wow. eat crow, eat it while it's young and while it's tender. That means make amends early. Don't wait for the problems to stew and, and, and fester. And then the, the problems become bigger than what the initial challenge was, all because you waited. And then all these, these ancillary stories were built as a result of uh, drawing out the problem as opposed to handling it early. Mm. Wow, that wow. is powerful. That really is the very expert. powerful. And um, it is, I, I don't know, it's so interesting because sometimes we say these things and yet I go back to the, the point that um, maybe it's just a lack of remembering these things. They seem so simple, right? It seems obvious, it's not rocket science. But maybe it is when we're in the moment, when we are in the middle of doing those things, maybe then it's easy to forget. And at that moment, it just, so there's a saying that we use in emotional intelligence that says strong emotions make you stupid. 
Mm. And there's actually there's actually a physiological aspect of that that actually makes it true. Because when you are in a heightened emotional state, the reptilian brain kicks in because it is that brain that is designed to give you the habits. It is the one that runs on autopilot. Well, that one doesn't do a whole lot of thinking always. And so when you are in those heightened state of emotions, it will literally close the door to mm -hmm. your um, neocortex, which is the thinking part of your brain, right? It closes the door. So while you're you know, thinking that you're being logical, you're all consumed with emotion. And until that door starts to creep open a little bit and your logical brain kicks back in, then you know what you find yourself saying? Oh man, I really blew that out of proportion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, wow, that wasn't so bad. Or I could think about this differently, right? Because your logical brain has kicked back in. So we've got a couple comments. Yeah, thanks for typing that in, Raj. Uh, Raj, ego is edging God out. That is awesome. Sephora uh, says, um, on point bond, I have never heard that uh, from anyone. I had an auntie named Zipporah. Uh, so that's very interesting. Thank you for uh, checking out the show. Zipporah says, ouch, and <laughs> emotions make you stupid. That is a physiological fact. Mm -hmm. That is not opinion. So um, it's interesting. So as we go, how do we continue our conversation? How do we reboot? I got all off track and excited thinking about how leaders can really help to um, realign and re-engage with their team. So um, let's come to you, Roz. How do you do a relationship reboot? Sometimes you don't need to do a relationship reboot because there's nothing to reboot, as 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 Vaughn says. You know, you have to realize. You know, I, um, what's the what's the song? No one to hold them, no one to you know hold them. So you know, you know, there are sometimes when you can't reboot. Now, if you want to reboot, and this is this is just the the devil in me. You know, if I know that I'm going to be somewhere where that person is that I used to be with, I always look my best. You know, that's part of my reboot part of my <laughs> so so you want to you want to show them what they're missing huh Roz? exactly <laughs> but, but 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 seriously though i mean you know i i i used i used to be like that you know if i knew you know he or she was going to show up you know i'm i'm you know i'm gonna have my face beat to the gods i'm gonna have on my girdle i'm gonna have everything snatched in i'm gonna look my best <laughs> That's awesome. And so, you know, that's, you know, that, and that was my, and that was my ego. I was edging God out. It was about self. I was lowering my standards. Okay. That's what I was doing. But now I don't do it anymore because one, one of our other guests said, you know, your opinion really is none of my business. Yeah. And so ever since she said that, that was the, um, oh, I, I can't remember the lady. I can't, I can't remember who it was, but she said, your opinion is 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 really none of my business. So when I thought about that a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and I have been walking at that, it's really none of my business. It's not. It's your opinion. And I yep. have to respect where you are. So I respect where you are. But but as I respect where you are, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come down to where you are either. Va mm -hmm. Vaughn is waving his finger. Please let him speak. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In there, Vaughn. There, there's some duality to, to what you said about emotions making us stupid. Um, again, anger is the wind that blows out the lamp of the mind, right? right? So anger can really, is one of those emotions that can really make us stupid. But then there's another aspect, a duality, if you will, 
where emotions are kind of like our superpowers yeah. in, in the sense that they make great servants, but horrible masters. Right. So mm -hmm. if, if you decide what to be emotional about, right, that's the logical aspect of deploying our emotions in a useful capacity. If we decide what to be emotional about, we can accomplish tremendous things. And entrepreneurship is one of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, you not everybody can be, and everybody can, but most people won't. Right. Because the, the the logical aspect of what it means to get to get money to be employed is so much simpler to just punch a clock, go get a job, and and punch a clock. But there's something in us that drives us. That's that emotional. Yeah. Uh, superpower being deployed that pushes us beyond the easy part of things and, and compels us to do greater things. And that's that's where emotions are very valuable. Well, I want to continue this conversation a little bit on emotions because you help to sort of respond to Stephanie's comment of there is something to be said about emotions, though. Sometimes our emotions save us. I want to be really, really clear about this. Emotions are the key to mm -hmm. your ability to understand mm -hmm. what's happening around you. Uh, emotions are, are um, information, our greatest source of information, right? So they serve an incredible purpose in our lives. What we're talking about is being emotionally hijacked. That's different. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. when you are, mm -hmm. um, like you said, your emotions become the master. And that is usually not very helpful for you. It usually will often take you down the path that you don't want to go. So there's a difference in using your emotions intelligently, which is one of the things I coach regularly, emotional intelligence, right? So that's just about understanding your emotions. I can be angry. But how do I use that in a constructive way? I'll give you a perfect example. So let's just go there. This situation um, with the gentleman um, in Minnesota um, that was just killed. So I was having a conversation with my son about it and he's pretty frustrated just thinking, here we go again. When is this going to stop? You know, what do we do about this? And so long story short, I'm not going to take you through the whole conversation that, you know, we had. But where I ended with him is you are frustrated about this situation. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how you can use that frustration for positive, how you can use that emotion to do something and to get something out of this, um, to take yourself to a place where you feel like something good has come out of this. Uh, because that is what emotional intelligence is about. It's not not having the emotion. It's not not acknowledging the emotion. It is understanding that there is an emotion here and what does it mean and what can I do with it to help me um, get a positive outcome? So Stephanie, thank you so much for allowing us to go down that path for a minute. So the thing is to embrace our emotions and be with them as part of self-love, absolutely. We simply don't wanna be hijacked by our emotion mm -hmm. because that is where um, we tend to get ourselves in trouble. So that was a great addition, I think, to this conversation and so very um, appropriate for relationships. So Marae, back to you, and we were talking about how do you do a relationship reboot? Um, and let's finish up with this before we start and we go through our final rounds of thoughts and, mm -hmm. and strategies that we wanna share with our audience. I like that clarify regarding emotions, emotions as our humble servant and not our master. Absolutely, Stephanie. So Marae, how do we do a relationship reboot that if it's off track? So relationship reboot, I mean, it's it's uh, it's hard, I know. It's, it's very hard, but you know, Sometimes as leader, we forget to understand that, you know, we can also be vulnerable. We have the right to be vulnerable. 
and uh, and we tend to get stuck into trying to control our emotions but not really controlling them really well and which brings all those tensions sometimes in relationship it's it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to express you know yourself and 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 have the, a conversation with somebody who actually doesn't agree with you especially mm -hmm. if you want to reboot the uh, the relationship but there's also another option i mean if you can't do that and if you're emotionally you're not ready you can have an interlocutor and that's what people do uh, for marriage counseling for example when there's there's been you know issues or cheating or whatever and and the, they really want to save their relationship they go and you know and get us an expert to to actually interact and help them to have a different you know uh because the, the person is outside the relationship that can see different things that we can't see in the relationship so that's another option to to look at because sometimes you know what, what's happening is that uh, we can't actually manage our emotion all the time and that's right. when we we get into trouble and and have those relationships that we break because we've actually brought the wrong the wrong emotion into the the relationship mm -hmm. in this case when it's really tense i would actually prefer to have somebody else you know and an expert to look at you know how or even a friend you know in the middle to try to see what can be done and bring another aspect to uh to the solution you know uh to to bring us together. So I think, but otherwise, I mean, things are the most of the things have been said, but I, I really wanted to bring this other option with, you know, bringing somebody else into the equation to try to mend the, uh, the relationship and then create another, you know, a, a new uh, base for the relationship to start and, 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 and go to the right direction. I, I really, um, I think that's a really important point, Marie, because for some reason in life and business, we have been um, taught and programmed to that if we can't do it ourselves, if we can't figure it out, then something's wrong with us or mm -hmm. we're not good enough or, you know, we're just ineffective or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Having that other person come in is a sign of strength. Right. Is mm -hmm. this a sign of strength to be comfortable enough with yourself to say, you know what, I need to get some feedback on this. I need to mm -hmm. get some input on this. Clearly, the lens I'm using is not one that's working for me right now. And so mm -hmm. says, Marae, very sound advice. Um, mm -hmm. So that is wonderful, wonderful to bring into the conversation. Never um, feel bad mm -hmm. or never hesitate to bring in a third party or to get some help um, mm -hmm. if you feel like you need it. And that's in any aspect of life, whether you're talking about your personal or professional. So let's start our final round of um, here. And basically as you wrap up, what would you want to say to people in terms of the, the keys to building strong, healthy relationships? So, um, and, and we'll go, Vaughn, we're gonna come to you last on this so that you can share with people um, how they might learn more about you and what you do and where they can connect with you. Um, but, you know, sort of from, from my perspective, I think it all begins with understanding self. And, and Vaughn started here with us at the beginning. Understand you and yourself. And once you've got a good feeling of who you are and, and you've got some good awareness around that, then setting some key goals, 
establish them for yourself first. Sit down, list them out, write them out. What are the goals that I have for this relationship? You know, if I'm taking on, I did some interim CEO work for a while. And what I would do is I would sit down and say, what was my goal in being here? Am I going to go in like, hey, I'm only here for a few weeks. So, you know, I'm just going to, you know, sort of get by or what was the, I had to really define that for myself so that I could then help to set that with the team and then begin to help move that organization forward. So setting those goals, uh, uh, having self-awareness, setting those goals, and then being the role model, being the leader. You are always a leader. I talk to people who say, I'm not a leader. You are always a leader, even if you're only leading yourself, right? You're leading yourself somewhere. So always, always be thinking about those things. So I think those are some of the final pieces. Um, and then uh, that I want to bring out as people are thinking about this and then hold yourself accountable, right? Hold yourself accountable to doing what you say you're going to do, being the person that you want to be um, and to contributing to that relationship in a way that is positive and fruitful, which might require that you do more responding and a little bit less reacting, right? Take the time to respond and avoid always reacting. Just because somebody says something to you right now in this moment, doesn't need, mean you need to react in this moment. You could give yourself a minute to walk away, think about it, process it, so that you can respond in a way that is most helpful and productive for the relationship. So, Marae, um, we're gonna come to you now. What are your final thoughts that you want people to take away on having healthy relationships? I mean, the key one, you, you, you mentioned it, is to know who you are. I mean, understand your values, understand where you want to be, and understand what you want from the relationship. And then you can, you know, the next step is to convey to the person that, you know, you, you're going to have the relationship with, which is, you know, set the rule of engagement, set the, the have, a, you know, a mission or a goal or a purpose, whatever it is, to understand that, you know, this is how you know we're going to work this is how we're going to communicate and you know sometimes uh also not be too rigid about you know the relationship the, it it's actually mm -hmm. it's like a, a bank account you know you you always you have to put money all the time you know if you want your your bank account to be you know good and and you can't expect somebody else to do that for you it's your bank account so keep feeding, you know, the right, the right emotions and keep communicating well so that, you know, you set the example as well. Because what's going to happen is that if you set the right example into the relationship, the person is going to follow at some point. So you, you need to be this example as a leader in the relationship so that, you know, you give the tone, you, give, you, 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 you define what you really uh, want to see. And, you know, the, the key thing as well is that sometimes you, 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 there's going to be, you know, uh, challenging time and sometimes you'll be able to resolve it, but some other time you'll need support, you need help and don't hesitate to, you know, to show that you're vulnerable. Don't hesitate to show that, you know, you're limited in terms of expressing your emotions and get help and make sure that, especially if it's a relationship that you value, get help and make sure that, you know, you commit to uh, to make this relationship better. Awesome, thank you so much, Murray. Uh, Nisabwe says powerful. You know, I, I think that vulnerability is a really important aspect, I think, and mm -hmm. really being 
able to open yourself up and, and bring your whole self to the table and not being afraid to say, you know what, I'm really frustrated about this. Let's mm -hmm. talk about it and figure out how we move forward. Because I think that's where we go wrong. We have mm -hmm. these emotions that we're not quite sure how to express them in a productive way, right? Um, because our initial reaction might be just to really snap back at someone, but instead, mm -hmm take the time to say how you're feeling, but to do so in a way that's constructive. So um, thank you for that. And uh, Roz, uh, to you. I, I was thinking about uh, awareness. We have to understand who we are, our, our awareness. And we're the only ones that can control that. We're the only ones that can say, can I manage it or does it need to be fixed? And some of the ways you can manage it for me is meditation. You know, I have to meditate, you know, to clear my mind, to get that under control, to make sure that I can manage my emotions, you know, because before I would be like a firecracker, you say something to me and I come, you know, I would come, oh, I would go from zero to 100, I would be hot as fish grease really quick. Y'all know me. Wait, <laughs> That's the alter ego. ego. We don't want to talk about the alter ego this week. But, but, all, but, but all I'm saying is, is that now, I, you know, if, if I had had some of this and, and, you know, we've talked about this in previous shows, how, you know, we were raised certain ways and, you know, um, not understanding our awareness, not understanding how meditation can help us be more aware of our emotions and our feelings. And so these things are so important. We have got to get control of our awareness. We have to understand our values. And then how do we control it so that, as Vaughn said earlier, so that others don't control us? Hmm. That's the whole thing. We have to manage us and not allow others to control us. So like I said, I do that through self-awareness, through meditation. And like you said, if you need help, then I, you know, I'll come out and say, hey, I need help. You know, you know Rhonda, you know, I, I always give much credit to Rhonda. Uh, at a time when I was at a very low place in my life, I asked for help. And to this day, Rhonda has, no, you know, you have to have friends like that, that will never come back and say what went on in that conversation, that will never come out and say, oh, girl, she got this problem. Honey, child, let me tell you. Rhonda's not that kind of person. That, those are the type of people you got to have in your life, people with integrity and character that you know that I can be transparent to. And that's going to give you a solution, whether it feels good or not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you, Roz, for um, for sharing that. We've got um, Zipporah out there who says, ideally, expressing your emotions would be received in an understanding way. Ideally, but really quickly, Zipporah, the only person in the world that you can control is you. So your responsibility, I always say, is to express them in a way that it can be positively received. If it is not positively received, because there's always a sender and a receiver in communication, mm -hmm. if they are not at the point where they can receive it possibly, but positively, that's not on you. That is still on them. Your responsibility is to communicate it, but then you need to be able to manage yourself based on how, how they react. So you may want to do it, setting these expectations, right? Oh, you should be understanding and receive this in an understanding way. But again, that setting expectations that may or may not be lived up to. Your responsibility is always then to manage how you react to their response. So um, that that's a really important point. Uh, Raj, you are so hilarious. But yes, meditation is absolutely necessary. Oh my gosh. What a great strategy for recentering yourself and gaining some new balance. Uh, Rhonda is the real deal. She has helped me too with hardcore truths, but in love. 
<laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And Vaughn, send us the check in the mail. Make sure you send us a check. I know. I know. <laughs> Let's talk about the check. Let's talk about the check. Hey, before we go to Vaughn and do our wrap up, let's do our post production shot because this is a good time. So hold up your coffee cup. This will be our post production and a big smile. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and then Vaughn to you as we wrap up our conversation, you have such powerful words of wisdom for us. Um, how do you want to take us out of this today? Uh, first, I want, you know, I, I feel so fortunate to have shared this time and space with the three of you, because um, even though you're, you're crediting me with this wisdom and, and the other nice things that you said about me, you guys are all sewing into me and, and, and you're feeding me. And so I think for my final point, I, I just wanted to kind of take a, um, I want to culminate the two points that, that the two of you just made, Roz and Murray. Um One of you, I forget what, what the order was, but I think Murray, your point was more about being vulnerable. Yeah. And I think vulnerability, I mean, man, to purposely make oneself vulnerable requires a great deal of courage. Because you're you're exposing the the softness of yourself, and and it's like you're you're giving someone else the power to hurt you, but trusting them not to. Mm-hmm. And and that and you know again that that requires a great deal of courage. But we have to be wise. We have to discern who we're allowing ourselves to mm-hmm. be vulnerable with, who we're exposing ourselves to. And then what what Rod was talking about with understanding, I, I think everybody wants to be understood everybody wants to be understood but imagine if we shifted our focus from the desire to be understood and shifted that toward understanding so in other words seek first to understand and second to be understood and so if 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 we're talking about an intimate relationship and let's just use me and my wife as an example and I, I want to be heard. I want her to understand where I'm coming from. You don't get my point, right? And then she's saying the same thing. Intentions are high. What if we just flip that? And I said, you know what? I'm going to put all of my energy into understanding you and what you're saying and where you're coming from. And then if she did the exact the exact same thing, conflict would re- would would reduce, probably diminish completely. You know. And so I, I think that's critically important. Um, yeah, and I guess that those are those will be my final two points on, on that whole issue. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to ask me? Or go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, Vaughn, tell us, um, tell them how they can um, reach you, and if they wanted to learn a little bit more about what you do or connect with you socially. Okay, great. Um, of course, you can follow me here, uh, connect with me here on Facebook under uh, at Vaughn underscore says Vaughn says kind of like Simon says, but I hope I'm a little better. <laughs> uh, so you can catch me here on Facebook at Vaughn says you can also catch me at Instagram and Twitter under the same name. Um, my email is info at the conditions of love.com info at the conditions of love.com. And my website is the conditions of love.com. Uh, my wife and I have authored books together. Uh, we do love alchemy sessions, coaching sessions. And for your for your guests, I'm going to offer a complimentary love alchemy session. Mm. It's about 20 minutes. And it really does what that does for singles. It just gives you it's almost like introducing you to yourself. Mm-hmm. And what I find wow. sometimes people 
are learning things in these one-on-one -on -one sessions. They're learning things about themselves that they had always thought in some way in the back of their mind. They kind of always knew and wondered about themselves. And then what I do is I help them affirm that. And then with couples, uh, I found that these, these love alchemy sessions have introduced them to their partners in many regards for the first time. And so couples that have been together 10, 15, 20 years are saying, man, I never knew this about him or her. My wife and I, I learned how to do these things at, at about our 15 year mark. Now here we are at 30 years. And because of what we learned in these love alchemy sessions, we are, this may sound hard to believe, but guys, my witness, we are closer now than we were on the day we got married. Wow. And so people tend to marvel at us and, and come to me based on, on these ideas and these these expressions of what uh, people would consider love. And, and so this is why I share. So if you find that I've offered anything valuable you, to you today and you want to connect with me, please reach out at, at those different um, mediums of exchange and, and I'll be uh, elated to work with any of you. And, and I'll leave you with this thought. Um, so many people are, are having trouble in relationships because they're looking to be loved unconditionally. So many people are looking for unconditional love. But I say, if, if you really love me, you wouldn't ask me to love you unconditionally. You wouldn't put me in a situation where I have to look past all of these different faults and, and, and this different drama that you bring to my life, where now it's on me to love you unconditionally. Don't do me like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you if you want unconditional love, I have two recommendations. German Shepherd or Labrador Retriever. That's where you get <laughs> Because if the relationship don't work like that, people do not love unconditionally. Unless you're talking about with a puppy or something like I mean, I'm sorry, with a with a child. You may find unconditional love from a from a parent to a child, but it but intimate relationships simply do not work that way. Oh my god, bro. I was probably thinking a labradoodle. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that was awesome, man. Thank you so much. So I'm gonna go back because I like reading all of our guest comments. So Stephanie says, I love me some Rhonda. Thank you, beautiful, for all that you do. Thank you, Steph. I love you back. Uh Zipporah says, Bravo, panel, bravo. Um Steph says she's grateful for the entire panel. Y'all are totally amazing. And the subway says true. Giving someone the power to hurt you, but trusting them not to is what Desiree said that resonated with her. That was powerful because you are trusting them not to do that. And I think that's why people shy away from that type of vulnerability. So uh, before we wrap up, if you guys have not liked or shared the video, please, please, please do that so others can tune in. And then we have some love for Vaughn out there as they are typing in how to um, connect with you. The website, conditionsoflove.com, info at conditionsoflove.com. They both type that in. And then here's a comment. We live in an environment where we are exposed to multiple influences, both real and imagined. And sometimes we can be influenced by the opinions of others. In this case, all about ourselves is hidden. Mm. Very powerful comment. Thank you so much um, for typing that in. So everybody's showing some love, says the panel was amazing today. And then we've got the dog. <laughs> Put a dog out there. I guess whatever kind of, make it be whatever kind of works for you, right? That's great for laughing. 
You guys are awesome. <laughs> so amazing. I have um, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget that Vaughn has offered a free love alchemy session. If you are brave, what's the saying? So here's your assignment if you are if you choose to accept it, right? So <laughs> the, uh, session and see if you can come out learning a little bit more about you and maybe a little bit about the other person too. So uh, for my panel, stay, please stay tuned for just a second. For everybody out there, we so appreciate your support and your comment. Really help the show uh, really flow and go. And we look forward to seeing you all back here next Saturday, same time, same station for another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. Bye, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Bye-bye. Good weekend, everybody. <laughs>